I'm Todd Dills, and in this edition of the Overdrive Radio Podcast, we'll talk with owner-operator Greg Huggins, whom I met out the Expedite Expo this past weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. His 2015 Freightliner Cascadia Straight Expediter was something of an anchor piece at the Landstar Express America booth there, and he was on hand, taking part in the variety of goings-on at the show, and answering questions about his equipment and business for attendees, and nosy editors from trucking magazines, as it turned out. Huggins was particularly interesting to talk to, given his somewhat recent transition, three years ago now, to the expedited freight niche after two decades and more hauling as an owner-operator with a moving van, also in a straight truck. The transition entailed more than you might think, somewhat akin to a driver who's relied on a dispatcher for his entire career, going out and getting his own authority, navigating the fragmented world of freight brokers and shippers on his own. Because even in Landstar's Express America expedited wing, the agent model with owner-operator self-dispatch is the norm. In the talk that follows, hear more about what Huggins learned about himself, his business, and ultimate income potential in expediting as he navigated the transition. Also, toward the end, a bit of a prediction about where Scalehouse Inspector's attention is likely to go after e-logs come into play, assuming they do come into play at the end of the year. Billingsley, Alabama. Okay. Been there for about 15 years or so now. Okay. Something like that. Where are you from originally? Originally born St. Louis, Missouri. Grew up in Alabama, though. Okay. Around Birmingham. Tell me about... um, about what you were doing before you uh, started doing the expedited thing for, for Landstar? Uh, well, right out of high school in the 80s, uh-huh. I started working for a moving company, United Van Lines. Stayed there until 2014. Okay. Moving furniture in a straight truck uh, as an owner operator. Okay. And uh, it's probably about 2005, 6, 7, somewhere in there. Started researching expediting. Okay. And I'd been in it for so long, it was kind of hard to make that transition. Moving furniture wears your body down. Uh, Not that I'm wore out, but you can see old movers and you can see what it does to the body. So I was looking to get into something that would fit the bill for what I need to make financially, but not be so hard on my body physically. Um, Then it became a matter of narrowing down the carriers. Right. That was probably the hardest thing, and that's why it took so long. Uh, and when did you make the transition? So you were doing this research in 2005, six, and then and then it kind of dwindled off until probably 10 or 11, and then I to check into stuff again and read some more and talk to more people. And right. I was actually going to leave in 14 uh-huh. or in 12, and I didn't leave until 14. I was going to leave in 2012 right. from United. And in 2012, they decided to make me their driver of the year. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, I'll hang out for a while, see if things get a little better, and everything kind of stayed the same. Moving industry doesn't change quickly. So. Except for the fact that they put you on YouTube. Yeah, they did. You know? Yeah. So uh, ended up leaving in October of 2014 and decided to come to Landstar. Okay. And for, for the diversity, because... Most of the other carriers seem to be fixated on one segment of okay. expediting. Whereas, I guess in, in Landstar, it's kind of like you, uh, 
there's a wide universe of freight uh, there. I know they do a lot of brokering as well. And, and, uh, well, and, it, and it's diverse freight. Yeah. Today you may haul something medical. Tomorrow it may be something automotive. The next day it may be something from a power plant that's radioactive. The next day, it might be one airbag for a car that didn't get built because somebody forgot to put it on it. So, I mean, it's just a variety of things. Tell me about, uh, about the truck you're in right now. What, uh, what is it um, and uh, you know, how, how, uh, how you came to have it? Uh, it's a 2015 Cascadia with a 22-foot box and a uh, liftgate. And I'd always been driving straight trucks, so... Right. Buying another one was just buying another one. Um, yeah. Of course, you don't use a lift gate in the moving business, so that's why it didn't get put on in the beginning. Uh, but uh, shopped so you, around a few. You didn't have one at first? No, I didn't. Because okay. uh, okay. I wasn't sure of the demand. And it's, there's a demand here, and it was definitely worth the investment. Yeah. What kind of situations uh, are requiring lift gates where you get yourself, uh, there's no dock, and you. You got a big pallet of something really heavy. You're not gonna you're not gonna carry it up a ramp. There's anything. no forklift and there's no dock, right. and it uh, you may be in an alley or you may be in a parking lot, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you got to get it from the truck to the ground, <laughs> and there's no other way to get it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. usually it'll be, in in my case, it's been electronics mostly. Okay. Uh, another thing is slot machines. A lot okay. of the uh, a lot of the casinos they'll have docks, but it's for food service only. Mm -hmm. Slot machines go to the ground, go in the building that way. Sure. So, without the lift gate, you're not taking those loads. Right. And um, on the interior, you you got a pretty pretty neat setup. Yeah, I do carry uh, pads and straps and shrink wraps and yeah. foam blocks and hand trucks and pallet jacks, whatever might be required to get the freight in and out of the truck and secured for the trip. Right. Now, I know the in the moving moving business and and uh, what you're what you're doing there at Landstar it's got to be uh, pretty different in terms of the planning and scheduling that goes into kind of the day-to-day -day, uh, load planning. I mean, t tell me a little bit about the about the difference there and then how you kind of um, learn to work the system to your best advantage I guess well in in the moving business you have a dispatcher sure so if he doesn't find you something you don't have anything right. um, or if he finds you something and you don't want it he may not give you another option people don't move decide to move tomorrow and look for a truck today right. it does happen <laughs> maybe their mover fell through or something and they're trying to find one but Generally, it's scheduled a few weeks out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can pre-plan a lot of what you do. Sure. Um, not so much with expedited. Right. Uh, just the nature of expedited is emergency freight. Right. So some of it gets pre-planned because they know a small amount of stuff needs to be moved, but it may be high value rather than the speed aspect of it. It, right. it needs more personal attention for strapping it in and securing it and protecting the, the load as opposed to just pick it up and get it there fast. We know we want it there, but we want it there securely. Right. So that's another aspect of it too. Right. 
Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about how um, you know, how your weeks go typically. Uh. Totally variable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, generally, a couple weeks out, maybe three, and then regardless, just about unless I'm on the West Coast, I'll just go home for a few days or a week. All right. Uh, but uh, you try to get a load going that way. But if it doesn't happen. You know, you still got to go home. You, you don't work to work. You work to go home and enjoy what you worked for. Sure. So I try to get home when I can and make the most of it. I know we had this discussion a little while ago about um, about the Landstar load board. Now, uh, it sounds like you, you've sort of taken the approach of building relationships with a few agents. Or how, how many are you working with one particular most of the time or what? You actually work with quite a few, okay. but there will be a certain smaller group that's more of a core group that you deal with, okay. um, maybe five to ten, but then there's always maybe 20 or 30 that you're familiar with and that are familiar with you. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's, there's going to be a smaller amount that keep you busy pretty regular. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. How long did it take you to kind of get into that system and get used to it? Uh, well, it didn't take that long because I knew to expect it and to try to work toward that. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say for anybody new at Landstar, maybe three to six months is going to be a learning curve. Okay. If you're used to a dispatch, there's not one here. Right, sure. So you got to dispatch yourself and, and make these connections with the agents. Yeah. It's, it's always struck me as pretty close to, the, to just what... Uh, what an independent owner operator does, you know, guy that's out there with you know, making relationships with brokers or, or shippers right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and I've heard that comparison that Landstar is as close to your own authority without actually having it. Yeah, right. So right. it's kind of nice that they take care of all the back office stuff, the billing and the IFTA and, yeah, and the tags. Yeah. So to me, it's worth it. Their percentage is earned by taking care of the stuff that I don't have time to do anyway. Right, right. When you were when you were running that straight moving truck, did you go really long distances? Not as much as I do now. Yeah. Um, because of the nature of household, it, it didn't make sense to take that small of a household load across the country. Yeah. If you got to the west side of Texas, being based out of Alabama, that was about time to turn around and bring a load back. Yeah. Uh, but all of the East Coast and all of the Midwest. Sense. It's it's just a different it's just a different animal. Yeah. I mean, as far as everything except the truck, basically, is right. different. So, right. Even the truck's different. That one had ramps, and this one has a lift gate. Yeah, so. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good bit different. Um, has the money? Uh, is it? Uh, I, I know there's trucking businesses. Particularly uh, as an owner-operator, it's just up and down and up and down all the time. Yeah. But um, feel like you're doing better. Uh, is, the, is the potential at least? Uh, do you feel like there's more income potential doing what you're doing now versus uh, moving? I think the potential, yes. And my current situation is equal or better okay. than prior. Um, but it won't start that way because you got to make the adjustment. Yeah. So. You can take I mean, I hit. guess you could make maybe you can make the adjustments faster, but you know, right. it's, it's a different setup. I mean, yeah. 
This requires building new relationships and doing instead all the of rest just of the one yeah. with dispatch, you got to have several. Now, if you were with a a different carrier doing this, yeah, you yeah. may still just have one dispatch department. Sure. So it may be a smoother transition, but I don't know how you could compare the uh, the rates that they get right. at a flat rate place compared to percentage. Are you are you married? Yes. Children? No. No children. How long have you been married? 26 years. Uh, her name is Tina, same last name. Tina, what does she do? She takes care of all of the bookkeeping for me. Okay. And we actually live on a small farm property, property so okay. she takes care of all of that while I'm out. We have a few farm animals, but it's, oh, most, yeah, it's okay. mostly wooded. You, and, you got the Omnitrax electronic logs? Yes. Right. Did you have, did, did you have those when you were United? Probably didn't, right? No. Yeah. No, uh, it was always paper logs for yeah. all those years, and uh, that was a concern when I was going to come over here because it's like I've never used them. All right. And uh, all you hear if you don't use them are bad things. Sure. I don't ever want to see a paper log again in my life. <laughs> I, I'm happy with the electronic. I will use a paper for a backup if it breaks, but aside from that, I don't yeah. ever want to see another one. Have you had your system uh, go down on you? No. Not at all. I'm good. Not not in not since I've had it. It's 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 always worked. There's been a couple few years now, three. Three Star, if I remember right, sets a like a company threshold for personal conveyance use. Yes. What two like two hours. Two hours and per twenty four hour day. Per twenty four hour day, yeah. That makes sense. And um, do you find yourself having having to use that much or not really. Uh, I mean, I, I do use it on occasion, but yeah. most things are taken care of in route. Yeah, sure. So, sure. Uh, not a whole lot of use for it. Yeah. Well, it's only two hours. Yeah, sure. And as a solo, it's not like I'm dropping a trailer to bobtail somewhere. So, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, while someone else is hanging out with the truck or something. So it's very interesting because it's not actually regulated. Right. It's not in the regulation. There is no limit. Yeah. And it's really up to the carrier to set their limits that they want you to have. Right. Uh, last I decided two hours was was good enough. Right. Uh, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you've already worked 11 or 14, you probably really don't need to do two more anyway. Right. In terms of the, the whole situ statement that you made about not everyone see a paper log again, why? Well, there's a few things. I mean, for one, there will be no discrepancy at the way station. When he wants to see my log, there won't be a discrepancy about where I was and right. when I was there. Right. This is all in, it's all there. Yeah. Uh, it can easily be printed, so it's always legible. They can't claim they couldn't read it. Right. And you won't run over your hours if you can read numbers, because yeah. they're on boldly the displayed on the screen. <laughs> and uh, that's, Probably one of the biggest concerns, if you're on paper logs, is when you see the way station sign that says open, did I make that last mark on that page before I go in here and possibly get an inspection? Right. Uh, even an honest mistake will still get you fined, so why worry about it? And it takes care of it for me. Uh, all I got to do is start it at the right time and okay. make sure I ended it at the right time. So. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like the stress factor. This is a pr the primary benefit here, if you're worried about the, the guys right. at the way station. I'll tell you another thing with the electronic logs over the paper. I don't even care if the way stations are open anymore. 
because that was pretty much the only concern was did I make that last mark when I stopped because right. if now I know that I did I could care less if they inspect me or not yeah. the truck's always going to be right that logbook was always the thing right. um, although if the mandate stands which I think it will come the end of December January some of these guys better be thinking about their equipment more because if everybody's electronic and they know that's not a problem, they got to find a new revenue source. And I'm not criticizing them for it. I'm just saying they're not going to be looking at logs. They're going to look at your equipment now. At your tires. And your lights, your tires. They're going to be looking at your permits, yeah. uh, your load securement. Yeah. Uh, Way to probably become even more of a deal. That's right, because they had an easy one with the paper logs. They found lots of mistakes and they could easily write you up for it. They're going to have to work a little harder to find new things. Thanks to Greg for taking the time to talk with me. And before we cut out, here's a bit of audio from another owner I met at Expedite Expo. Steve McNeil of Holland, Michigan has several cargo vans dedicated to the Load 1 Expedite carrier. His custom creation on a 2017 Ford Transit six-wheeler cutaway van chassis turned numerous heads, even placed next to an actual Brad Keselowski race car at the Load 1 booth. The goal of the unit, maximize carrying capacity in a box that would fit six skids and provide a sleeper compartment for the driver too. If you missed it earlier this week, you can catch a video with McNeil, including plenty of views of the unit at Overdrive's YouTube channel or my Channel 19 blog. That's overdriveonline.com, channel 19. Overdriveonline.com, backslash channel 19. We've been in the business seven years. Okay. We started out with another carrier and about four years ago. Uh, we became partners with Load One. Okay. And, uh, and you, have, you started as? Did you start as a driver? I started as a driver. Yep. Okay. Yep. Shortly after I started, I contracted Lyme disease, okay. which is a very debilitating disease, and uh, yeah, it took up seven months. Almost killed me. Almost killed me. So in the process, then I ended up with a truck that was empty, and so I thought, well, I better put a driver in. So that's how we started out, and then from there we just got a, another truck here and there and put another driver in and right. so we're growing. And you're, and you're running, uh, you said uh, Ram Promasters? Ram Promasters exclusively up until now. Okay. Oh, this is a Ford Transit Cutaway 350 HD is what the model is. 178 inch wheelbase, that's what they call a six wheeler, which obviously means it has six tires, six wheels. Well, the idea is that no one out there that builds commercially available boxes makes a box that really is proper for expediting. They're too tall, they're too narrow, they're too heavy, they're just too something and a lot of something really. Um, so we wanted to build a very, very lightweight box so it had to be all aluminum. We wanted to expand the envelope so instead of uh, three skids, which is about the most you can get on a non-DOT regulated vehicle up until now, we wanted to make sure we could get more than that, and we targeted six skids, which is what this one is. And so um, there were certain dimensions that we had to achieve for length and width. And then the height was somewhat arbitrary, but we looked at what kind of loads we were hauling in our ProMasters and decided that 69 inches was a good upper limit for the height. Um, most of the wind, when a vehicle goes through the wind, most of the air goes over the top of the vehicle. And so that's where your wind resistance really is most. 
So the taller you make your vehicle, the worse your mile per gallons are. Sure, sure. So we wanted to make it as short as we could in overall height. We also didn't want to stick anything on top of it like a roof air conditioner or anything like that. Nor do we have any holes in the roof. It's totally seamless aluminum from one end to the other. Sleeper compartment, you bet. We wouldn't we firmly believe that we wouldn't build a truck that we wouldn't drive ourselves. Okay. And most of the expediters out there do not have windows in the side. They don't have screens. Things come in in the middle of the night and bite them and they get up in the morning with a rash on their leg. You know, we felt really we wanted to have screens on there. We wanted to have power ventilation. So there's a vent, a roof vent directly over the bunk that the driver can reach up and adjust in the middle of the night on, off, high, low. Uh, the windows are crank outs, but they don't crank out so far, so you can't get any any rain in the side windows, even a pretty good driving rainstorm. Right. So they've got you know ventilation regardless of the weather, really. Right. It's difficult in your average van because most of them don't have don't have windows. Very few of them have proper ventilation. The vehicle is rated total weight rated at 9,950. Okay. It weighs about 5,700 pounds the way you see it. So with a driver, it can carry 4,000 or a little bit less than that. Right. That, that kind of matches up with what you guys haul? Um, it's actually a little more than the average when you talk about sprinter class. Okay. It's towards the heavy side, but because we can carry more skids, we also wanted to maximize the weight. Volume, yeah. And so the box is completely alone. And every structural member is sized to be strong enough, but not over-designed. So we didn't want to just have extra weight coming along for the ride that would reduce our carrying capacity. Sure, sure. Now how, uh, the expertise to be able to do something like this, do you guys do a lot of the work on this yourself? Where, does that, where does that come from? We did all the work. Okay. Engineering is really my background. Okay. And then from there, if you're an engineer and you're a hands-on engineer, you get a lot of experience, a lot of things. I've been yeah. in woodworking shops, uh, fine furniture shops, I've been in metal shops and uh, you know basically involved with all that and when it came to aluminum my friend is a, a career welder guy and uh, so he guided me into welding when we first got started on this i decided we had to do our own welding to make it affordable so sure. we've got a couple of welders now and uh, and we do all of our own welding all our own fabrication 100% of it in our shop. And you're going forward with this design on some new units, right? Absolutely. We have another one in the shop right now that's about halfway done. Okay. And then we have four more on order. So, uh, uh, and load one, as far as I can tell, they love the look and the idea. And so I believe that they'll all be going on with load one because okay. we're exclusive with load one at this point.